0: 906 at radio WPTF AM 680 FM 98.5. Tom Kearney here. The Tom Kearney Show comes your way every night, Monday through Friday, from nine until ten, with a little bit of live and in real time radio. And we try to bring you things that are edifying and entertaining. And tonight's will be both. I think Uh, probably a pretty good balance. Actually, we're going to have an old friend of ours who used to be on with us uh, fairly regularly. his name is Wayne Martin, and he is the executive director of the North Carolina Arts Council, uh, something that uh, I'm willing to bet uh, maybe not a lot of people know as much about as they, as they ought to, and particularly if you're a new new North Carolinian, you would want to know about this. And so we've invited Wayne to come and talk with us tonight about the Arts Council in general and about how it's doing these days, particularly vis-a-vis the world in which the coronavirus exists. Wayne are you there? Uh, Yeah can you hear me? I can indeed can you hear me all right? Yeah. Good well I hope uh, if you're listening I haven't said anything wrong yet Uh, but uh, uh, I I think we will enjoy hearing you talk about the North Carolina Arts Council tonight. Uh, If you could could take the ball there and grab it and Maybe give us just a little bit of history so that we'll we'll have a frame of reference. I know that it's about you, know, you would celebrate if you had a day this year. Your birthday would be your fifty fourth, I believe, because it was uh, officially. That, that, and and in doing this, you will I think tell us that what that it is a, a part of a,
1: a state agency, as a matter of fact. But I'll get out of the way and let you talk. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it the arts council uh, created in 1967, uh, by Governor Terry Sanford. And, uh, for so those of your listeners who remember the 1960s, uh, you know, in many ways, I think it was a, a very, um, idealistic time. It was a very tumultuous time, but there was a lot of idealism, um, and, uh, leaders around the country, um, felt like, uh, it's time to extend, I, I think the way I would put it, extend the, the, the concept of democracy into the arts. Now, we, you know, those of you who read about the Depression, you know that the government was involved in the arts, Art Council. It really literally was a council, and that is a group of advisors that would advise uh, government and also um, other people with resources on what would be uh, best practices and how to develop the art. So it was... All the, uh, the folks around the state who wanted to develop the arts and get support for the arts had a chance to do so in a way that was transparent and and, and accountable and competitive. And so that's how we got going, and that's why we, we took the name Arts Council. Now, in the early 1970s, we did indeed become part of government, the Department of what was Cultural Resources. And now is natural and cultural resources. But but it but, but the idea of the council is always maintained and it's still to this day a twenty four member board that is people that is proposed to people who are not part of government to to advise on arts policy and our, our mission is arts for all people and our our uh, goal is to develop the arts in all one hundred counties. So it's a it's a big a big territory to cover, but I'm happy to say that we have, over 54 years' time, we've, we have programs going um, in all of those, we support programs going in all, all of those counties, and um, and we continue to promote best practices and try to provide support for people in communities who want to develop the arts.
0: One of the things I noticed in looking up the North Carolina Arts Council on my, my uh, internet uh, thing was that there were a lot of arts councils where it said uh, like Wayne County or Lenore County or Pender County, and I gather there are local arts councils that may have input and may or may not. I may, I guess I am want to find out if how this actually works uh, yeah. from these local councils, and I, I, it's, it's I can't tell which end it started at. Was the impetus from below or from above to form these
1: local councils? Well, well, that's a fascinating question because actually, the first—I believe there, this has been verified—that the first arts council in America was created in 1949 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So it got going there, but when when the when the North Carolina Terry Sanford created the North Carolina Arts Council. There were already—I I mean, I'm. You've got me on the back number. They're probably, I'm going to guess, 10 arts councils across the state. And in the early years, after our agency got going, we made it a goal to try to create... The goal was to try to create an arts council for every county in North Carolina. We ended up, you know, today they're about... Uh, 70 active arts councils across North Carolina, which makes us one of the most kind of highly developed networks in the nation for local arts councils. And we also try to encourage uh, the development of nonprofit, uh, discipline specific organizations like local theaters, local symphonies, uh, uh, visual art museums. Uh, you know, uh, we really. Tried hard for a number of decades to create this infrastructure of nonprofits because we realized that you know that a government agency cannot—they can't. We couldn't cover that much ground. We had to have partnerships. But these local arts councils don't—they're partners with us, but they don't. We're not the mothership, and they don't fold up into it. We're we're we're, we're equal partners with if them. That, if that answers your
0: question. Yeah, they're well, they they're doing their own thing, and I, I I haven't been lived in the town I was born in for many years, but I still think of it as my hometown, and I know they the people there have worked. Uh, this is Goldsboro, which is fifty miles east of Raleigh and in toward eastern North Carolina, but the people there have worked. Uh, there was a movie theater there that, that that burned down, and rather than uh, tear it down completely, they rebuilt it, and it is now. Uh, a place where you can go see live theater and shows and and things like that, and it's a, to show Wonderful the shows. Wonderful theater. Their, yeah, right. And to show their interest in in maintaining uh, something like a
1: little theater could operate there, for instance, and so on. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that that you know that philosophy that that um, the the early founders of our agency had of of kind of privileging local decision-making on arts development, I think that was very wise. So, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't tell people what to fund. We don't tell, we, we provide assistance. We, um, you know, try to help people. If there's if there are things that, that uh, you know, we see that the state needs, sometimes we will uh, take on a project ourselves. Like a few years ago, we, we started... Um, creating uh, cultural trails, Blue Ridge Music Trail and African-American music trails, uh, literary trails, because there was not a, one group in North Carolina that could do that. We saw that there was a huge amount of interest uh, among people from outside of our state in coming to see and, and be close to these resources. But overall, we privileged, those, you know, whatever the folks in Wayne County, how they decide that they want to develop their art. We uh, we we try to provide them with the tools that to enable them to do that, and a and a sense of what the best practices are, so they can continue to to uh, to grow and to to serve their their, their populations.
0: effectively. Well, we need to take a break. Uh, you know how commercial radio works, mm-hmm. uh, Wayne, and uh, yeah, we we you've been here with us before. But after we take the the break, uh, let's uh, maybe. Uh, talk a little bit uh, about some of the, uh, because I want to hear some special things that you've done, and you made a reference to the the trails for the uh, mountain music kind of thing, and I I have interviewed the guy that did that book a couple of times, because uh, UNC Press, I think, you partnered with them to produce this this book, and uh, which made it readily accessible, but I, being a native North Carolinian, got a One
1: hundred and nine East Jones Street, right? Right. We're we're at the uh, in the Archives and History Building downtown, um, and so there's a within our Department of Natural and Cultural Resources. There are three arts uh, agencies: the North Carolina Arts Council, and our sister agencies are the uh, North Carolina Museum of Art, which people know is on the west side of Raleigh, and the uh, North Carolina. Center. But our headquarters, is, yeah, headquarters are in uh, 109 East End Street. Is the archives and history people have they vacated that and gone somewhere else? Yes, yeah, we're all uh, essential personnel are in the building, but all of us are, are continuing to work uh, remotely until it's safe to, you know, to get
0: people. Okay, and we, and we need to talk about the what has happened in the last year because I think that will be a kind of barometer. On, on the arts situation in North Carolina and on the society, yeah. On, on, yeah. on the history of what's happened, Wayne Martin. Again, I, I interrupted my evident my effort to to come to a commercial break. We'll pause for a couple of minutes and we'll be back with Wayne. This is the North Carolina Arts Council, and we're talking about what the council has done and is doing, and getting a little bit of history of, and and also getting the circumstances at the present time, uh, Wayne. Um, I suggested before we went away that we could maybe talk about, if you're willing, to uh, a couple of three special projects. And what I'm thinking about is the book, uh, the book, the guide to the uh, uh, music of the mountains, the guide to the music of of eastern North Carolina, the the African American book, and also the literary. I think there's a trilogy or three books at least of uh, uh, the literary. Uh, prospects of North Carolina that uh, I think George and you Banks did for you. Those, those are themselves, for a person like me, are, are serv- service because I go to the mountains and I get out my my guidebook and I know what radio station is going to have uh, uh, traditional music on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, um,
1: yeah. Let me put it in context. You know, we we offer um, to to our partners, arts partners, nonprofit arts organizations across the state. We um, offer technical assistance. We also uh, we have a grants program. As I said earlier, it's a competitive, um, uh, transparent, and, uh, and accountable program where this was pre, pre-COVID when uh, arts groups could apply for projects um, that have impact in their community, public programs group could uh, take on and we saw that in the beginning you know around 2000 we said well, you know there our, our music traditions um, are are we've we produced so many great musicians for many generations and given our country all these great musicians and in um, all sorts of music you name the music, You know, we really need to bring attention to that and and use it to create economic development. As far as bringing people here to our state to to hear this music, that's how we got into the cultural tourism work. And we followed that up with, you know, literature. North Carolina is known for its great writers, so we followed that up with literary trails. We we did one with the Eastern Band of Cherokee because that's a very important history and um, our state. Um, so. We we've done these special projects uh, that try to focus on the communities where these these artists lived and grew up, and that's and, and really what those communities is, is in many cases what shaped their artistry, you know, whether it was in church or or, or community settings, and and uh, it's important that people come back to that, not just actually visit the place, um, and that was the idea behind it. And then from that, we uh, went into, uh, which is kind of a, a sister project, um, we decided to try to do some um, uh, downtown revitalization using the same principle. So, you know, what what is it about a place that's unique and and extraordinary, so we ended up partnering with the folks uh, in Wilson to uh, create the Boston- Simpson Whirly gigs Park. I don't know if you've been there or not. But um, well, 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 for one
0: thing, we see it on television a lot of times because one of the local TV stations has their one of their Wilson camera focused on it. So when you get yeah. the weather forecast, you see get to see the Whirly Gigs.
1: Well, well, it's a you know, it's it's those Whirly Gigs created by a local. Um, uh, a man who, f- for years and years, uh, you know, his business was was moving houses, and then at an older age, he became a an artist, and then just created all of this amazing work. And he was an engineer and an artist, and 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 moving those those pieces and restoring them and setting them up in a park in downtown Wilson. I mean, we we were the first partners for Those folks, and that was that that certain program where we were doing similar work. Um, Burnsville, small town in western North Carolina, Morganton, Uh You know, so we we will take on special projects that have public public value, and and most of those uh, right now. I mean, those two that I mentioned, the Whirligig Project and the Music Trails Project, are. Um, you know, they're 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 tie into North Carolina's artistic heritage, but they're also, quite honestly, they're pretty strong economic development tools. I mean, those trails. A lot of people come to Blue Ridge Music Trails, and a lot of people have come to the Wilson Worley Gig Park. It shows you how that the arts, you know, the the arts have intrinsic value for the individual. You know, when they're we all know how it of can affect us individually. But they also have, I guess you'd say, an applied value, which is, you know, economic development is one. The arts are incredibly valuable in in uh, education helping students learn. of uh, health care, we've you know, we we started a um, a veterans uh, writing program that developed into a program And, end, and Wayne uh, Wayne
0: yeah. We'll have to stop you there because we're coming up on nine thirty and a chance to check the news. You catch your breath and we'll be back. Okay. We'll do. Nine thirty three at W T F, Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show. I'll remind you again we're here every night, Monday through Friday, from nine to ten, every Monday morning. I post on our website, the schedule of the programs that we're supposed to have this weekend. If you looked at it this morning, you would have found out that uh, tomorrow night we're going to be talking to uh, uh, Barry Porter, who is the Executive Regional Director of the North Carolina, of the well, not the North Carolina, the American Red Cross. we like to have Barry come in about twice a year and talk about what's going on in, in his world, and one of the things I think he's going to talk about tomorrow night is something that the Red Cross needs and provides, and that is Blood supplies, but uh, it's always an entertaining program, and I enjoy when he comes to visit us. So, and uh, on Wednesday night, we're going to talk about baseball, and minor league baseball, and what has happened to it and what is going to be happening to it this year, some changes, some teams disappearing, and our friend Woody Seymour is going to be here to talk about that. But tonight, Wayne Martin, the Executive Director of the North Carolina Arts Council, is our guest, and uh, we are talking about the Arts Council and what it does. Wayne, um, in doing a little preparation uh, for tonight's program, I noticed, and you mentioned one of these things too in our sort of uh, pre-broadcast conference or whatever, but uh, two things that you you were, I think, confronting in the last year and this, as the nation was at the same time. And one is the uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID, I'd like you to
1: talk about those for a little bit. Yeah, well, I would be happy to, and thanks for asking. Um, well, a year ago, just about almost exactly a year ago, um, you know, when COVID hit, the art sector shut completely down, because um, as the listeners know, or most 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 people pre COVID, you know the the arts. Let me put it this way: the arts um, get some of their magic from the fact that people come together, um, you know, for for performances or go to a museum together. That they're there together, they're experiencing, um, you know, art. Uh, they 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 feel this magic that happens and they're a community for that for that moment uh, and when when we when the art sector was shut down all that was impossible um so the financial losses uh, well we were the first the art sector was the first to sh- shut down and we really uh, that sector will be among the last to get to get back um uh, um, to reopen but the, so you can imagine the finan- the financial losses are really staggering and it's i have to say that that um there has been quite a bit of publicity about this uh, both in our state media but also you know, you know national media the washington post the new york times is just all they're writing consistently about the fact that broadway is closed and uh, for example, and uh, you know, all these artists are out of work. But to put it, you know, bring it home to North Carolina, you know, there's estimated three hundred million dollars in lost sales from just just from arts nonprofit. That's just the nonprofit arts organizations that I was referring to earlier, and you know that uh, the fact that that's lost sales and the total economic. Uh, impact of of COVID on arts nonprofits is about a billion dollars, which means that North Carolina has lost about three point four billion in lost revenue from the larger creative economy. So, it's been a huge problem, and almost forty percent of nonprofit jobs have been lost. So, you know, the, I, I have to say that's the that's the that's the the, the grim part of the story. Um, the encouraging part though is that our sector of nonprofit groups arts councils and and you know symphonies and theaters and opera companies and galleries and you know they they have they have held on and we've lost very few uh, i think that tells you about the resilience of you know artists and and people who are in the arts they they are very dedicated and they've they've Tighten their belt, and they've just determined to keep going. But that I also have to give credit to, um, you know, the the relief uh, packages that were passed first last summer, and then in December, and now we've got another one. I mean, there's been some federal relief funds that have come to the art sector that have helped us help help uh, stop some of the the bleeding, and now it looks as though, um, you know, that that we're have a hope of reopening perhaps the sector this summer. I'm hearing that arts groups are starting to do outdoor concerts, and so I, I really do have an op- optimism that we're going to make it. But the 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 losses have been have been staggering. Um, I'll just say, by the way, that you know, today and tomorrow um arts folks from all across North Carolina are gathering of course virtually since we can't gather together but virtually to um take a message to the legislature you know the legislators to say we want to reopen we want to get public programs going again because we realize that you know a lot of these arts groups it's like what you were mentioning earlier you know um with the theater in downtown Goldsboro if they get operating again then local restaurants get um, get patrons who come for the arts event uh, you know there's there' when they people come to the event they get babysitters uh, you know uh, they they pay for parking I mean the it's just a multiplier effect so we realized that if we can get the art sector going especially in downtowns it'll bring it'll bring these uh, it'll it'll help re- revive the downtowns and jumpstart our, our uh a our way back to community health so they're gathering uh virtually it's called Arts day and, and and lobbying our legislators to say or advocating i should say to say you know say um you know we were the first hit we're going to be the last reopen but when we reopen that we're going to help everybody and uh in our community and and so that's the that's the message
0: well, you know, one city uh, I, I refer to my hometown because it's the one that I know, know most about. But a city just a little bit further down the road has really benefited from uh, kind of uh, having some place to go to eat, and that is Kinston, North Carolina. You, you have you create right. a, uh I'm trying to think of the lady's name now, and uh, Vivian Howard. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and she has a restaurant, and when you go downtown there. But it's affected the whole, the rest
1: of Queen Street, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just as you're saying. Yeah, the, the we you know I think of those, those uh, somebody like Vivian Howard and the and the arts uh, revival they're having in, in Kinston, That's part of what we call the creative economy, and they're all linked. So we're you know we've got to get the arts sector jump started so that so that we we can help our communities. Come back, Uh, and and so you know it's a big it's a big task in front of us. But but you know Tom, and if you've been around, uh, if you've been around people in the arts, you know how dedicated they are. I mean they are they're determined. You know to do this at at whatever it takes. So we have a we have a dedicated group of people um, around North Carolina who. Uh, understand the arts as part of they they see the arts as as part of who we are as North Carolinians, and they they want to do everything they can, you know, to to keep it going to to offer it to to people um, uh, to participate in or, or to you know to come and be a part of and and so we've got that kind of resilience going for us and you know I think if we and, I, and we have a lot of support from elected. Leaders in terms of let let's let's give the arts a shot in the arm, and we're going to because you know again they're going to help they're going to help our communities when they well,
0: come. It out. seems to me, being a little bit of a historian of North Carolina too, that uh, that North Carolina has had an unusual uh, place in the developing of the certain aspects of the artistic community, but that that is spread out, and that is this the, the Symphony Orchestra of North Carolina, which is where I learned what a uh, uh, bassoon looked like they came to my high school and, and we sat there on the floor in the gym and they showed us I'm talking about the North Carolina Symphony uh-huh. here. but it, it created itself almost it, it was adopted and the North Carolina Art Museum we're I think one of the few states that has a state art museum right. so there was really no town large enough like Dallas or Denver or somewhere to support an art, an art museum but the, the interest has been there yeah, but uh, it, it's it's taken a while some places to get it realized. But it but uh, as you were saying, when
1: times were bad, they they tightened their belts and became starving artists. But they still were artists. Yeah, and and they're finding a way to survive and get ready to to come back. Uh, now, now, your other question, the other part of your question is, is it, uh is, is also um, very. Can interesting I can I stop you? Oh yeah, I don't want to inter- interrupt
0: you in the middle. But I look at my clock. I get too interested in the program and forget I'm supposed to look at the clock. I apologize to you and to everyone. We can take a break, we can come back and we can hit this next topic with, with, you know, hit the ground with with our feet moving. Is that okay? Yeah. Wayne Martin is our guest tonight. He has an important topic coming up. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. be talking about the Red Cross and some of its needs and some of the things that it does 20, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. And Barry Porter, the regional director, will be our guest tomorrow night. Tonight, uh, Wayne Martin of the North Carolina Arts Council is here, and uh, we've, we've been talking about some things that, uh, recent occurrences and recent challenges having to do coronavirus and, and other problems that America faces, some of the things that the, that the artistic community deals with, are, it's kind of like a barometer of what's going on in the world. Wayne, can I toss the ball back to you? And I apologize for interrupting you, but I thought no. it would be better if you had a nice run where you wouldn't have to be interrupted.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And, and there were two parts to your question. I think the other was how has the movement for uh, racial and social justice may affected the arts, and it has affected the arts quite a bit um, as we and other um, parts of the arts sector look at our history to see, you know, where are are, are we? Our mission, Tom, is arts for all people, and that's a big mission. (laughs) You know, that's a hard mission to achieve, but when you look at it and, and try to ask yourself you know, be honest with yourself. Are we are we hitting that mission? We're having to say, well, how do how do we judge that? Well, one thing is, where, where are the resources going? Where are the financial resources going in terms of our grants program? And uh, when we looked at that, we see that um, it, it's it's not going to if communities of color, or for that matter, to rural communities. It, to the degree um, that reflects the demographics of our uh, of where our people live or who lives in our state, and I think this is if you go back, you know, I was referring to you know Terry Sanford creating the Arts Council back in the 1960s. In those early decades of the, you know from the 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, you look back and and I have to say I'm old enough to have been part of some of that. Um, you know, I, I think what the founders were looking at at that time, they you know, what were they aspiring to? And, and there was a bit of a, uh, you know, they, they had pride in their state, but I think they were looking at the models in part of, uh, you know, Western Europe as the models for what to aspire to in the art. And then there's plenty to like about that, you know, um, you know, Classical music, for example, or, or ballet and opera—I mean, just to name a, a couple—a um, uh, lot of visual art has, you know, that's that's rooted in European um, uh, traditions. But the so so the early decades were spent, you know, really focusing on those art forms, sometimes to the exclusion of our, of the art forms that we here in North Carolina. had had come up through our our kind of grassroots communities, including many communities of color. You mentioned uh, Kinston, where all of James Brown's, or many of James Brown's uh, musicians from the 1960s lived. And, I mean, that's a great example. Um, And I think the other part of that 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 affected um, kind of a disproportionate Uh, flow of resources to certain kinds of art forms is the fact that, you know, at the North Carolina Arts Council, when we give out grants, we give out grants to nonprofit organizations, 501c3s. And if you look at the history of the development of 501c3s, they seem to do best in communities where there is extra wealth in the community, and, and the and people are used to creating 501c3. If, if you have communities where people need to use their wealth for other things, and I, I would say that in many cases that might be communities of color or, or rural communities, you're not going to see as many nonprofits. So in the history of the development of our agency, you know, a lot of our – we saw that a lot of the funding was going to, to cities, um, not all of it. We, we do give, like I said, we give to 100 counties, but we're looking at ways that that the way that we allocate resources looks more like what North Carolina looks like today. So, I mean, we're not going to give up on, you know, the fact that we have competitive grants. There You know, quality is a big part of it, but, you know, I think people need to realize that the, the, the art that comes out of a small community can be just as powerful as what comes from, you know, Europe or Boston or New York. I mean, it can. In fact, North Carolina's reputation is built on, in literature or music, as we said earlier, it's kind of built on this kind of grassroots art. I mean, Doc Watson didn't go to, you know, to art school to learn his music. You know, that's one example, but uh, there are many, many examples. So I think we we got a big job ahead of us, but but we are taking it seriously because we want to fulfill our mission of arts for all people. That's what we aspire to.
0: I wanted to say to go along with Doug Watson, nor did Earl Scruggs. Or all, nor did Earl Scruggs. Or, right. or, or several other people that we can think of. There are uh, several doesn't... other things that we could talk about tonight, but we have run out of time. But uh, i mean, I was going to ask you just to show you, maybe maybe we can invite you back to talk about places like Mount Airy, which is created yeah. a kind of an economic uh, thrust, and and Asheville is a place that uh, yeah that that has a great—I think has developed its culture and and is identifying itself as something very special that people like to go to for for reasons, but. That will have to come another night. We have been talking, ladies and gentlemen, tonight with Wayne Martin, who is the uh, executive director of the North Carolina Arts Council. They have a, a, a great website, and I have a feeling that if one goes to it, you can read it and you can find out what you, some of the stuff that you need to know and where to apply if you'd like more information. Am I doing all right on that, Wayne? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. We'll, um, well, we'll,
0: yeah. we'll uh, let it do... Let it go with that because we need to close out. Wayne, I may call you out off the air after we get through tonight for just a moment. Uh, yeah, org. That's our website. Take care. Okay. And I appreciate, Wayne, for being on with us tonight. Tomorrow night we're going to talk to the Red Cross.